We have nothing better to put. So here you go, Gary singing. I'm sorry for your ears. They're probably bleeding. Hello and welcome to episode one of Geekishly Toku. The podcast where we just pull anything we can out of our heads. And hopefully it'll make sense. I am your, I am one of the hosts. I am Gary, the Lord of Darkness, uh, aka GBase93. And as always, I am joined by... John Howell, I am also known as Funokamioka on the Twitters and pretty much everywhere else. So how are you doing today, my good sir? Better than a couple days ago. I uh, heard. <laughs> is it snowing by you yet? It's been snowing since November. I mean, is it snowing like right now? Because apparently you guys are supposed to be hit with, with another three to six inches of uh, powder. Three to six inches. Three to six inches is nothing. That's the type of stuff that California has state of emergencies over. <laughs> or, or Florida. Or Florida. Three to six inches in New York State is just sort of like, okay, kids, bundle up when you walk to school. It's been cold the past couple of days because literally I had to work on Thursday night and I was in drive through I work at McDonald's, by the listeners. Um... And I was forced to wear just a sweatshirt, and I was cold, so I complained to my manager. He's like, okay, just go put your jacket on. I'm like, okay. So I had, I had my my work shirt on, my hoodie, and my jacket on, and I was so warm. It was nice. Well, yeah, like, like it might be a little TMI, but I tend not to wear as much when I go to bed. Oh, Lord. And, and when I went to bed the other night... It was so cold. I I put I mean I put sweatpants on. I put socks on. I just can't wear a shirt because it gets. I, every time I wake up, like in the middle of the night, I always feel like I'm being strangled. That's actually I'm the same way. I can't wear a shirt either. Otherwise, I get otherwise I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, but it, it it's I mean that's on top of having a bed sheet, on top of having a quilt, and on top of having like. A, f- a very heavy fleece jacket. Or not jacket, uh, blanket. Dear Lord! Yeah, I mean, we probably got down to, like, somewhere between minus 5 and minus 10 that night. It was fucking cold. Holy crap! I I hate living up here sometimes. Uh, yeah. Break, Hopefully break. you all like the intro, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I did one last week, so I told him to do it. By the way, you never said the name of the episode. Oh, episode one, racism, question mark? <laughs> if you're wondering what that's about, I suppose we can jump right into it with the first thing in the Toki Talk area, which is apparently in a, not, well, in a not-so-surprising act in the Power Ranger fandom, they've called racism on Coda's character from Power Ranger's Dino Charge because of the way he speaks. It's broken English... So therefore, they think they're being racist because he's Asian. Yeah. Um. Now here's the thing: I can see where they're coming from, but at the same time, I think they're just all complete idiots. Because there's just no pleasing the the Tokyo fandom. Like they'll find every little thing to nitpick on. For example, when it came to Curiouser uh, versus Dino Charge, everybody was like, "Oh, are they going to keep the dancing? Are they going to keep the dancing?" Um. Then we cut to episode two. There was no dancing. This show sucks. Curiouser Kyu- forever. Hashtag Curiouser love. Curiouser is life. Hashtag Sentai purist. 
Yeah. Although I did sound like one in the last episode, and it sounded really bad. I hate it. It's all good. It's all good. Like, like, like these are also the same fans that, uh, it was like a lot of the fans want like uh, personality. It's its own personality, not to just be like, yeah, it's from Sentai. Here's the things from Sentai because we just don't give a damn to do anything about it. We want originality, and we got originality with the Keeper. And the Keeper came out, and people automatically started saying it's ET in a hood. And I'm like, that's kind of you know, it's kind of funny after a while. But after like, or it's, it's kind of funny in the beginning, but after a while, it starts to get annoying. And yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I kind of saw something today on Twitter that actually has a little bit of credence. Um, people are speculating that um, the Keeper might be a spirit. That wouldn't make sense. Oh, Spirit Ranger. There, there's your there's your, uh, there's your, your Cyan right there. <laughs> no, I don't want him to be Cyan. Either that or later down the series, uh, Sledge kidnaps him or captures him or something like that and uses the power of an energem that he stole or he or one of his agents found that didn't let anything on about and turns him into death ruger Ooh, i can actually see them brainwashing keeper into becoming death ruger i mean i i mean think about it his staff Mm -hmm. you could easily say the sword that he uses is like a, like an mm-hmm. evil version. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you know, there's always that speculation. Um, but yeah, this this fandom sometimes it's just you can't please all the people all the time, and this fandom is very, very much the definition of that. This fandom is is more random than the Transformers fandom or the Pony fandom. Don't ask. Oh, I've been there, so don't worry. Oh, by the way, uh, I just wanted to say to one of my good friends, uh, Chenix, you will not you will not like what I have planned for you in NAC. Just so you know. <laughs> Does Chenix listen to this? Yeah, I mean, listen to the first episode. I think. <laughs> you think. I'll ask him later because we're gonna talk during the nin- uh, the, nin- the nin- ninjas. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast, listeners. I mean, all you gotta do is just go. You bring that up later. But yeah, I think I think the whole basis, the whole thing to come away from that discussion is. This fandom. I don't really think there's anything else to say. This 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 fandom. Yeah. <laughs> See, there are certain times when I feel like I need them. I need to hug the Toku fandom and just tell them that it'll be okay. Just stop being idiots. Well, there's two different reactions you can do to this fandom. There's the one reaction where you can just hug them and say everything's going to be all right, and then there's the other reaction where you just want to slap them in the face and say shut up. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because they bring up racism with Coda and the way he speaks. I, I'm i honestly surprised nobody... I mean, I Like, when you first thought... When you first said racism, I first thought of Shelby. 
Oh yeah. And I honest, I'm honestly really surprised nobody brought up the racism card for Kendall completely acting like that to Shelby. I, am, I forgot I'm really about surprised. that. I'm really surprised about that. Because it would make, I mean, it would make sense in a more adult type fashion. You know, you're not going to get kids feeling that way, but. That's, I actually forgot about that. Holy crap. Yeah. So that's Good job, John. <laughs> Everybody's a little bit racist. <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got that reference. Yeah. One of my friends is actually obsessed with Avenue Q, so. <sighs> yep. I actually just watched Phantom of the Opera, by the way. That's an amazing play, but more on that later, hopefully. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, we're going to jump away from the bad, and we're going to jump on the good train. Well, good to Gary and a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, but eh, decent for me. So, go ahead and let's jump right into the Toy Fair. Okay, uh, Toy Fair happened... Um, Hasbro will not be getting a lot of my money this year, only because I think I'm kind of falling out of Transformers permanently, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, the R.I.D. stuff really is not that good, in my opinion. I mean, it, it looks interesting, don't get me wrong, but I've been to Toys R Us three times now since I, we first got, like, actual listings and sightings of the new Transformers toys, and um, I passed on all of them. <laughs> Except I have two of these little Legends dudes, um, Steeljaw and Strongarm, I think. And they are, they're interesting, but I don't want the bigger versions. The one thing that I would get if it was less than $100 ever is the Titan Class Devastator. Now, John, have you seen pictures of, of him? No, although Titan Class kind of makes me think big. Okay, you know the uh, size classes, right? Like, Deluxe, Voyager, Leader class, right? Uh, no. Okay, well, there are Leaders and then there are Voyagers. All five figures, all six figures for Devastator are Voyager class. And they, the whole package apparently is going to cost you about $180. Let's see this. I like them. I want to. I want to hug Longhaul. I think his name is who transforms into the dump truck. Dump truck. Dump truck. <laughs> I don't know. Just kind of the way you said it, it was like dump truck. <laughs> ha- hashtag dump truck. Dump truck. <laughs> oh, I don't know why it's. I don't know why I giggled so much at that. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. No, okay. That's... I'm trying to see, like, are we talking about... Oh, okay, yeah, there it is. All right. It's so big! That's what she said. <laughs> so it's essentially the... The Megazord of the Transformers. Yep. <laughs> Would that be, in Japanese, that'd be essentially Gatai Gatai. No, no, no. That would, that would be the end, that would be the end of the series mega combination. Yeah, it would. That'd be the clusterfuck of the season. Kamitsuki Gatai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Oh, what? No, it. Oh crap! What was that? Uh. uh no, that was hyper. That was hyper Reshigatai. I was the the Chocho Reshigatai. Chocho Reshigatai. I love that because people were saying it was like Chocho, as in. Uh. Chocho, motherfucker. As in, yeah, as in, yeah, like choo choo. Choo choo, motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So getting back on topic with the, with the whole Power Rangers talk, the two things that I want to actually just talk about real quick are, number one, I'm sad that, that, that there was no Gokaio confirmations. I really want Gokaio for, for, for my collection, because I have, um, I picked up Gosei Gray in like, late October, early November, when I was at my last job, and uh, I like it a lot, and then I picked up Shinkano uh, in 2013, thanks to a friend of mine. Um, but I wanted Gokaio because I like Gokaiger a lot, and I loved the design of the mecha. And, and also, just not saying this to be that guy, but right now, the firstly, Gokai machines are cheap as hell. Um, Gal Lion, I think, is $27 shipped. Um, Patch Striker is, I believe, 15 shipped, and I think... Uh, it's ten shipped for Magic Dragon. Hmm. Yeah, ten, ten shipped is good. I don't know about twenty nine. Twenty nine. Was it twenty nine or twenty? No, it was uh, twenty seven. No, still. I mean, twenty seventy seven isn't cheap. Cheap, you know, it's ten dollars. <laughs> but you know, it is cheaper than what it probably would have been. I actually like the fact that they're so cheap. Because should I ever be able to somehow afford Gal um Gokayo? I will buy those, and I will do a goddamn video review for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's probably going to be a few people that are going to hold you to that, by the way. I just put up a new YouTube video last night for the first time in like four months. It was an audio-only video talking about buddy fight cards. <laughs> and where can people find that? Uh... YouTube.com slash GBakes93. I used to be known as Dragonlord2200 during the dark days. During the dark. During your uh, Chinibio phase? I don't think I, I ever got out of that. <laughs> uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the um, Dino Charger 2 packs and also the Gold and Black Leg- Legacy Megazord. That's... That's interesting, because when I saw that, I thought people were showing pictures from way back in the day, because I know they used to do that. Yeah, and actually, speaking of black and gold, real quick, uh, I just saw on my Facebook, somebody on one of the buy-sell trade groups for Power Rangers that I'm a part of is trying to sell his black and gold, uh, what's it called, uh, Galaxy Megazord for $1,800. I think we can go back to the previous dis- discussion and put the uh, put the the hashtag this fandom. Hashtag this fandom, don't. Because this this is just I I don't even know anymore. This is this is going on Twitter, by the way. Hashtag this fandom, it's going. I'm I want to make this damn thing a thing. Good. P- uh, <laughs> my friend my friend Eric Berry made troll say a thing. I want to make this fandom a thing. Because this fandom. <laughs> I've got this Megazord from 20 years ago. Pay me $1,800. <sighs> uh, 
No. How about no, you crazy Dutch bastard? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually just thought. I was just watching it before before we started recording. Gold member? Gold member. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, the Down Charger 2 packs are very, very fun. Um, I have the first wave. Wave 2 is apparently just re-releases of Wave 1. Uh, hashtag Bandai Logic. Oh, I mean, they do it all the time. And Wave uh. 3 has... I just I was just on Entertainment Earth too. Do I actually still have the link up? Uh, do I? Do I? Do I? Yes, I do. Um, Wave Three has Dino Armor X and uh, what's it called? And Tan Kentra Spiker and uh, the the God. What was it called in Curie the Motorcycle? Dean. Uh, no, that's Dino. Dino Chaser. Yeah. Dino Chaser, yeah. Dino's Grounder was the, the alligator thing. Dino's Grounder! But yeah, so that's going to be a thing. Apparently, there's no ship date yet, but if you want to buy a whole case off of Entertainment Earth, it's going to be $96. And in the case, you get two um, Tyranno, one Kentro. Uh, actually, no. Here's what it says on, on um, Entertainment Earth. Two red dino, one aqua dino, one red dino, two pink dino, one navy, one yellow, one green, one orange, two black. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a mu- thing. Multiples of the main five, but one of the normal. That sounds about right. Yeah, but there's no blue. Interesting. Well, there did it say green? Yeah, it's, yeah one green's in it. Uh, so one green, two black, two pink, two red, but no blue. Yeah, and then I really hope I really hope blue doesn't end up being the one nobody wants this season. I have the blue, and the blue one is the best. Because I mean, because I mean, like a combination of No Son's actor and Yoshi. I mean, blue is just perfect to me. I he's got no like song. the most. Per- he's got the most personality, and it's just awesome. And if he really becomes the one nobody wants this season, I'm gonna be upset. I know. Um, and then going back real quick to the Black and Gold Megazord, they just stopped doing MMPR. Like, yeah, we've been we've been saying that since I think the Legacy Dragon Dagger came out. Uh huh. The only way I am okay with so much Mighty Morphin is see what's I'm trying to think what's left. We've got we got Saba. Uh, they just came out with they they just came out with the Tiger Zord. Next is the Black and Gold Legacy Mega Zord. Um, the only way I am okay with this is if sometime within the next couple months or at least when the next like <clears throat> information for the next toys come out mm-hmm. we all of a sudden see like legacy thunder zords i want legacy ninja zords and zeo zords just now Be- well because like damn plows i told you it was snowing i told you <laughs> <laughs> and um um damn plow got me sidetracked um damn it plow <laughs> God damn it, Homer! <laughs> so the only way I am okay with all of these things from Mighty Morphin is if they plan to make legacy items of every season. 
So when they're finally finished, this is everything we've got from Mighty Morphin. Everything. Then we move on to the Thunderzoids. And then they do everything based around, mm-hmm. you know, the second season. And when that's finished, they move on to the third season. We get the Legacy, you know, Ninja, the Ninja Storm, the Ninja Zords, and the Falcon Zords, and the Shogun Zord, and all of that stuff. And then they move on to Zeo and all this other stuff down the line. That's the only reason why I'm like, I'll put a little bit into it. But if they just like. That's it. We're done. Mighty Morphin finished, complete. And I'm just like, yeah, this was totally not worth it. I'll be gone because Z. I don't. I don't think I mentioned it last week when we did when we, when we did episode zero, of the quickening. But um, <laughs> my favorite Power Rangers series of all time is Zio. A lot of people. Well, I'll, I've seen a. I say a lot of people are, but I mean. I'm sure there's a lot of people that like Wild Force. I'm sure there's people that like Overdrive. Don't uh, lie. But, uh, but, you know. People who like Overdrive. If you like Overdrive, please send us a tweet or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give us a tweet at GeekTokuPod because nobody else did. Yeah. That's just depressing. If anybody likes Operation Overdrive, we want you on this podcast so we can talk about why you're wrong. No, I want them on the podcast so I can hear them try to defend it. Ooh, I want to be there for that. That's what I want. I don't want to sit here and go, your your likes are stupid and it's shit and you should feel ashamed for yourself. I want them to sit here and go, I like the show and this is the reason why I like the show. And then we can have a discussion about it. Yeah. So if they say, I like it for this reason, if we can go, okay, yeah, I guess that's a decent move, or we can be like, yeah, but this. This is why it's not like that. And then it can either change their idea, it can not change their idea, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I just want to say this right now. I love all of our listeners, like the three that we have right now. Yeah. Hopefully it'll hopefully it will expand and we can work Digivolve into into a mainstream podcast. Uh, actually, let me live on the podcast. Let's go to my SoundCloud. Well, that's 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 actually my SoundCloud. It's... Yeah. Hang on, I am being summoned, so I, I must uh, quickly pause my recording. All right. Well, quick. We'll be back. I just unpaused. Alright, unpause now. Okay, what were, what were we talking about before, before the Great Pizza debacle of 2015? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, we were kind of... Overdrive? Yeah. Uh, the guy, no. <laughs> something about Overdrive and fandoms, and if you're a fan, you should totally just tweet at either John or myself... And just be like, yeah, I heard you guys on the podcast say you want an actual fan of Operation Overdrive to defend it. Yep, because, we got, uh, uh, like, uh, we, I, I could go on about that, but I'm not going to go on about it. <laughs> um, is that all you wanted to talk about from the Toy Fair? Um, yes. That is all. All right. Because uh, I, saw, I saw pictures... Yeah, uh, just just for the listeners, I don't know if I said this last week, but I am not really a toy person. Like, if any, if it's a toy that I buy, it's like a role play. Like when Kyoduja came out, I really wanted a Gobble Revolver. I really did, and I still do. But you know, no job, no money, and it's like forty bucks. So yeah, 
Um, you know, and then Gaim came out. I wanted lock seeds. I didn't want the belt. I just wanted lock seeds. Mm-hmm. And at least a couple lock seeds anyway. And uh, so I, I see like interesting things. Like I was talking with Shuk and Shinobi from the, the Riders, Rangers, and Rambles podcast. And uh, I told him how the, the, the Mighty Morphin movie figures look actually really good for a Bandai America exclusive. Yeah, I know. And, like, Shuki said he posed, he posed the uh, red, and he's like, it has rotating ankles. And as, as much as I'm just sort of like, yay, I also know what that means in a figure. What? And Well, because it's more posability. Yeah. You know, I mean, back in the day, I—I I mean, I still have Zio Fliphead figures. You really do? Oh yeah. Um, let's see if I can actually. Do I have them right here? No, I don't. I can show you during the break. All right. Um, and I mean, I've got—I have all six. I don't have the—I don't have the weapons anymore, but I have all six. And, uh, but, you know, they had, I think, knee joints, uh, elbow joints, shoulder joints, and then that's it. All of that the articulation. That was their possibility. All of the articulation. You know, and then nowadays you've got, like, you know, wrist joints, you've got elbow double joints, shoulder double joints. Knee double joints, ankle joints, <laughs> hip joints, stomach joints. <laughs> I mean, they're they're everywhere, and the posability is just insane. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to see a band of America is learning from their mistakes and at least learning from other people. Going, maybe we should make better stuff. People will like it and buy more of it. I really, really, really hope. That this is the last year of MMPR, unless you do like like the Ninja Swords and the Shogun Swords, which I would totally buy. Because I'm me. Yeah. I told you, if they if they continue with Mighty Morphin, but move on to the Thunder Swords and the Ninja Swords and all that stuff, people will buy those. Yep. And I really hope they think about it at the very least, because that's money they can make. And if they decide not to, that's a Huge I mean, mistake on their part. I mean, I think I think I speak for everybody like when we say we're sick of seeing MMPR legacy stuff. Like, I was even talking with with Chenix, and Chenix was like, "I'm tired of MMPR." I'm like, "I know, right?" <laughs> yeah. Well, no. A lot, I mean, a lot of people are. I again, it all, it all does kind of come back to that whole like, "I'm sick of this stuff. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm still gonna go buy it." And it's just sort of like. If you're sick of it and you don't want to see it anymore, why are you buying it and putting it on your shelf? I mean, here's the thing. As much as I'm sick of seeing MMPR, I already decided I'm buying that Black and Gold Legacy Megazord. Well, I mean, like, how much stuff have you bought from this? What, from the Legacy line? From, from the Legacy line. Um, does Ghostly Great and Shinkano count, or are they just part of the import line? Import line, I think. Then I'm about anything from Legacy Morpher, save for the Legacy Morpher from the like the White Ranger one from this year. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean that's 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 one thing. You know, you you bought one of the toys you wanted when you were younger, and then you get see the black the 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 black Legacy thing, and it's like, 
limited run. Yeah, I'll buy it. Can I just see? Uh, can they, can they just make like a black and gold uh, MMPR morpher? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that would be insane. I'd buy that. Black and gold. Anything looks so, looks so sexy. Just like uh, the Gold Ranger from ZL. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I think so. Is that is that all you got? From that's Toy all Fair? I got from Toy Fair. Anything you want to talk about, real quick? Not really. <laughs> oh. Um. I. I mean, like, like I said, I toys are not my forte. So, no, I meant anything in general. Like, I think you wanted to talk about Magic Ranger again. Yeah, last week I talked about watching Magic Ranger. I finished it the other day, and I, I posted on Twitter after I finished. No, I not after I finished. Uh, it was episode. I want to say it was episode like. 40 or 41 now like for the for the people that haven't seen magic ranger uh go watch it taste... just stop listening it's okay just go watch it <laughs> yeah um i feel like i might i hope in this in the description i'll throw in a a time uh so for when we stop talking about this, if you really don't want to know anything about it, because I'm, you know, this is all spoilers considering the show has been out for 10 years now. It's the 10 year anniversary. Is it really it's really 10 reason, years? Yeah. It's the reason why I watched it. Oh my God. And, yeah. And, um, so I'm going to start talking about it now. So, you know, skip ahead if you want. Um, but, okay. So, like, episode, I want to say 40 or 41, they successfully rescue their mother mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those moments like the the whole sh- the whole show i mean like in the first ep- the first episode you see the mother she transforms and she helps out the kids in the next episode i keep wanting to call him korag i hate even just combining the two yeah, Wolzard. He shows up and gets in centaur form, kill, uh, quote unquote, kills the mother, and everybody's distraught. And um, Makito, Urata, and Kai, who is you know red, green, and blue, decide they can't just sit there and wallow in self pity because things need to be done. So they transform and they go off to fight Wolzard again. And then uh, Hoka and Tsubasa, pink and yellow, go back to their house. They find the magic room. They see the, the, the essentially hologram of it's pretty, their mother. It's pretty much and, a really, really, really bad hologram compared to, like, freaking Star Wars. Well... It probably wasn't even a hologram. They just had the actual actress stand there. <laughs> Help. And then they just faded her character out with special effects. Help me, my children. You're my only hope. But, Mom, we don't want to... Bitch, please shut up. You will, you will become Magic Rangers. But, Mom... <laughs> no, shut best- up and just become magic. That started out being Hoka, and then Tsubasa did it. He's like, I, I don't even know if I went in on this. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, so for the entire show, it's been established their mother is dead. 
There's nothing. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. She's dead. And then they find out Wolzard is actually their father. And he turns good. Gets turned back to bad. Gets turned good by Kai's courage, supposedly. But I'm calling it the magic tears from... Uh, Oper- from, uh, wow, Operation Overdrive, uh, In Space. <laughs> yeah, from In Space. The magic teals of he- tears of healness. Countdown to Destruction. There we go. I was trying to think of the name of the episode. Uh... Um, and... Um, so he turns back to good, and then he goes down to fight the Unma, which is the master or whatever, the main bad guy. <laughs> and uh, he he tells them telepathically that I'll, I don't know where the telepath, the telepathy came from. That was always a weird issue with me. And tells them your mother is actually alive. Turns out he didn't kill her. He actually got semi-turned back to normal because of an icicle stuck in his stomach. (laughs) And said, oh, I'm actually just going to put a spell on her for some reason. Mm -hmm. And sent her away rather than just like, oh, I'm back to normal. Why am I fighting? Oh, it's my wife. I probably shouldn't be doing this. Disappear. Instead, he's like, no, I'm just going to put a spell on her and make her disappear. Then your guys are going to have to go find her eventually. And... So that scene in episode 40 or 41 where they think they get her back, the monster that took her literally destroys this prison she's in, killing her, well, supposedly killing her, and then Tsubasa's like, nope, spell ex machina, and uses the freaking uh, senses increasing spell to find the floating sparkly particles of their mother and then another spell ex machina he gets for that to transform her from the sparkly bits into her human form again and then they all crowd around her and there's this you know crying and hugging and all of this you know lovey goodness and i'm i'm sorry i cried oh my god I'm. I'll. I'll admit it. That just that scene. I mean, like you imagine losing your mother, realizing she's alive, mm-hmm. getting her back, only to have her supposedly killed again, to have her come back to life again. That's a roller coaster of emotions, especially at the end when, in fact, you realize she's alive and she's not going to die again. I'm not gonna die again. So, I mean, you know, and then later in the episode, it looks like the the Toad guy's uh, punishment thing is going to happen, and all is lost, and then the mother shows up and uses the, her ice magic freezes them and then destroys them, and, oh, excuse me, yeah, okay. and, and everything, you know, they transform together, they do a roll call together, they've got a finisher together, and it's all of just this excitement, this just heartwarming coming together, and it's just so awesome. And every time I watch that episode, it just makes me hate Nicktastic Farce so much better. Nicktastic so Farce. I will give Nicktastic Farce this. 
I love the theme song to that series. I didn't. Um, like, like if you ha- if I had to rate the the song, the opening songs from Power Rangers, the very bottom would be Overdrive, and the only one above that so far is uh, Nicktastic Farts. Anyway. Um, the best part of that entire conversation just now was the fact that you called it, uh, what was it, uh, Deus Ex Magica? Deus Spell Machina? Yes. Or Spell Ex Machina, whatever. Spell Ex Machina, that's that's the best thing you ever said. (laughs) In in all four years that I've known you, that is literally the best thing you ever said. Well, it's true. It's sort of just like, their mother's destroyed. All is lost. But then Tabas is like, no, I'm not going to give up. Let's all look around for the sparklies. Your courage to look around for the sparklies <laughs> gave you this spell. Now bring her back to life. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait, 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 wait. Bag of, they had to search for, for Robert Pattinson? <laughs> <laughs> it damn well could have been with all those sparkles. I'm glad you appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I hated the, sh- the movie, so... Anyway, um, I've actually been but, watching some Sentai myself. Yeah, I saw I saw you posting that. How far are you in? Episode uh, in the middle of episode two. I'm watching Hyakuji Sentai Ranger for the first time, and I'm also watching Geki Ranger again too. Ah, Geki. Yes. Um, what what <coughs> brought me actually to rewatch? I mean, to start watching Gal was actually um, a quick story. So, I'm part of this Power Rangers buy-sell trade group on Facebook, and, um, believe it or not, somebody's actually selling, like, from my, um, from, like, this, like, vintage toy store, which is, like, a half hour from me, yeah. is selling, like, a whole bin full of Power Rangers toys, and among them is a, uh, is a Lunar Staff, aka the, uh, Gal Hustler Rod. <laughs> the pool cue? For $25, I'm like, okay, uh, I'll be there the ne- next week, just take my money. Yeah. So I'm getting that next week, and I'm also going to see what else they have. I think they have a complete jungle cannon. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's probably more of, like, <laughs> jungle pistol, but... No, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like... Yeah, the Geki Geki Ho. No, not that. Uh, the jungle cannon is the, um, is the Wild Force cannon that was made exclusively for U.S. audiences. Really? Yeah. It, it, it was the rhino gun, the deer clauncher thingy. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That, that Those were yeah. American only, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Because they didn't have actual weapons to go along with those. Nope. Hmm. Uh... So there's that. They may actually have a, also have a couple of uh, have a couple of megazords that I may be interested in too. I saw a Diametrozord, and, and if she doesn't post the pictures up on the uh, Parents Buy Sale Trade Group, I am going to go there next week and just buy them because I want the Dino Stegosaurus, damn it, and I don't want to have to pay two hundred dollars for it. <laughs> but um, you know, two gatherings real quick. I will just say one thing: your Biba scares me. Why? He, I like Jinjax more than him, just because like Jinjax is funny and scary at the same time. Because because his his, uh, his presence terrified me as, as a child. But Yabiba's voice just combines with the entire costume, just really scares the shit out of me. I'm like I'm going to have nightmares. Fuck you, Gar Ranger, but I like you a lot anyway. Oh, it sounds like they're doing their job then. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, that, again, that's that's kind of the difference between Power Rangers and Sentai, is that most Sentai, I mean, with the exception of, like, Car Ranger and Go-Onger, the enemies tend to be actual villains. They do nasty things, to, and then they sound horrible. Well, not horrible, but you know what I mean. And they sound and do evil things. You are the cornerstone of evil. You you are from from Moss Eisley Cantina. You are from HJU. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, the perfect example of the, the evil in Power Rangers not being as evil in Sentai is Lord Zed. Well, he wasn't in Power. I mean, he wasn't in uh, Sentai, though. Well, what, well, what I mean is... He he was created to be evil. Yeah. He was evil, evil to the core, to the point where he started to scare kids. So they told him to they backed him off and had him marry Rita. Oh. So essentially, what you did is you took a villain who's doing villain things and turned him into nothing more than comedy relief. That's all you did. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see that in Sentai, right? You just wouldn't. I mean, look how evil most of the people were in Tokyo. Shupat, Shinko. I mean, just look what they did in the final episode. In the final episode, the two uh, commanders were like, "You're weak on you're, you're you're weak on darkness, so absorb us and gain the darkness you lost back." What? Yeah, that's what happened. So essentially, what happened was they clasped hands. Zed kind of like breathed in, and the two guys next to him just dissolved into darkness, and he absorbed it. Hmm. You would not see that in Power Rangers. Yeah. These are the villains in Sentai compared to villains in Power Rangers. That, that is just a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that. I've been also watching uh, Geek Rangers, like I said, for one reason. I had to learn how to draw better, and I figured the way to do it was to um, learn how to draw the, the Geki Claw, <coughs> and it's working. The, oh, the ge- the Super Geki Claw? Oh uh, no! Um, when I say Geki Claw, I mean the Geki Claw that they uh, have on their on their uh, uniforms. Oh, the Geki Changers! Oh no! Okay, the actual symbol. Yeah, the actual symbol for Scratch, aka the the Pi Pose symbol. Pi <laughs> Rangers, you must use your combined powers to summon your animal spirits. We must, <laughs> we must become one with our animal spirits. Power Rangers, Jungle Fury. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's another story of Sentai being better, but you know, I'm not gonna. Also, I I literally blamed on one thing for the for earlier. Apparently, there was a picture on the Power Rangers Instagram. Oh, yeah. That says uh, the Dino Charge Rangers are going to team up with the MMPR Rangers. At least that's what people think. I can I know that's fake for one reason and one reason only. David Yost won't come back. Say that again? David Yost won't come back. That's why. Do we know he won't come back? Did they say he would never work on another Power Rangers series again or something? I don't know if I've ever said that. Or I've ever heard him say that. I mean, like, 
I honestly think he would if like the right people were coming back mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, okay, I'll show up and we'll do something. Because I'm sure the production the production people have changed since he's since he's been there, mm-hmm. so it's not going to be the same. But the the reason why I know it's fake is because Amy Jo Johnson's face is on. Oh yeah, that is never going to happen. By th- unless she, unless she can somehow sing a song off an album or somehow be seen watching her own movie in the show, she's not going to be there. Good, keep her out of it then. She's, I didn't like her anyway. I, I always liked Kat Moore. Well, I, I always liked Kim Moore, but I liked Amy Jo Johnson as well until this bullshit start, start, uh, stuff started to happen. Do you mean, so, I think what you're talking about, the thing with her, with her perks and everything? Yeah, it was like, I want nothing to do with your fandom. But if you feel like giving me money, I'll do some Power Ranger stuff. To get it. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. And then she goes to a convention, only to have just a special one-day thing in a room where you get to sit there for three hours to watch her movies, and then listen to her sing songs off her album, spend a little bit of time to get an autograph on a picture she brought with her, mm-hmm. and then that was it. And then, like, I think it was like an hour Q&A. That was it. She didn't walk around, she didn't have a booth, she didn't join panels, and I'm like, you just used a convention to have a meetup that's all you did yep and people say it was her first convention she's getting her feet wet i'm like no she's not because you know she's not going to go to another one she hates the fandom yeah and like i i I got nightmares how if you got nightmares like you said you did you wouldn't have come back for the turbo movie that's what i'm saying you were the longest tenured ranger minus billy and Tommy, And you're going to sit here... Well, Tommy, yeah. And you're going to sit here and say that you got nightmares? Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> I, I don't get that either. Nightmares, it's like... How? How did you get nightmares? Because of the dealings with the fans? Because it wasn't nearly as bad as it was back then as it is now. Yeah. But I went on a tangent again and I need to shut up. I think... <laughs> Uh, is it time? Is, is it time from for our for our glorious break time? Uh, I mean, did you want to talk about your expectations for an Indian Um, I'll just I'll just sum it up with this one sentence: It's ninjas. It can do no wrong. Yeah, and I'll sum it up in one sentence as well. Toei, give us the triple ninja team team up, please. But. But, John, do you want the Sensei fandom to kill itself? Why would it kill itself? Okay, I I, I forgot where I saw it. I think it was on um, the uh, one, of, one of the groups I'm a part of. It seemed like if they do the... the uh, If they shaft the Tokyo's in their own team-up movie, just like they did with the Go-Busters, I'm quitting the fandom or something like that. I'm like, just shut up! Tokyo is terrible! <laughs> <laughs> Well, to- I will admit Tokyo wasn't horrible. I-, I I could almost probably go on record saying I like Tokyo more than GoBusters, mm-hmm. and I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't don't agree with that. But again, there are a lot of people that didn't like Kyojir. Also, I also want to bring that one point up. I forgot this. I want to bring this up now, okay. and this is an acknowledgement to everybody in the fandom 
that says they hated Kyoryuger on the one single basis that it was too king-based. It was too much revolving around king. King Sentai Daigo Ranger. Because if you didn't notice, what happened in Tokyuger? Right, all the focus. In the end, it was about right. Not left? That... <laughs> but I'm sh- I just didn't want to say righto because that just sounds weird. Break but- righto. <laughs> See, but like <coughs> people, he'll complain. There's too much about red. Too much about red. And I'm like, yes, because it's Sentai. Sentai is about red. It's always been about red. On the rare occasion, I mean, like technically, you could say, like Time Ranger was more based around the rest of the team because. They were from the future and they had to get back, but then you could also argue that, well, it's more about Red because he had to change his destiny. And then you guess you've got Kaku Ranger, who was kind of based around White being the leader. But overall, the show is about having Red as the leader, Red as the person who gets the most focus in the show. Red is the person of interest. Yeah. And because they realize the target audience, which is boys in the certain demographic, will merge towards liking the red lead, the red ranger, mm-hmm. whatever, the leader, the guy who takes charge, the guy who's most of the time the most like outward in his uh, personality. He becomes more popular. He becomes the famous one. Mm-hmm. So. To anybody that says they don't like Kyoryuger because it was based around Daigo, shut up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cherry coat it or anything like that. Just shut up because you obviously have not watched Sentai before. You have not watched Power Rangers before, or any of these series because it's always about in Sentai it's about Red, and in Common Rider it's about the title character. And anybody that says it should be more evenly, I kind of agree. But at the same time, we're talking about Toei with their stuff. And they're mm-hmm. not going to change what they're doing. That rant over. It's it's break time, does it? <laughs> yes, we will hit a break. We'll figure out what you guys will listen to during the break. And we'll be right back after the break. We'll see you then. Everybody and uh, welcome back to the Geekishly Toku podcast. Um, it's been like six days since the last recording. Uh, the reason is because Gary, who was the co-host, 
had to leave and do some kind of minor conflicting things and him not really wanting to commit to the podcast he's not going to be a constant host however i have a very special guest with my good friend eric berry from the ranger command power hour podcast hello it's good to be on here yeah, uh, I'll admit I'm a little. It's like this is part starstruck right now. Having no, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a star by any means. Uh, but but thank you. I'll, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like as someone who has paid close attention to the podcast and mm-hmm. what you've done with just the Power Ranger fandom just just the power ranger fandom as in right. itself is just sort of like you know a little bit stars striking <laughs> i guess as you want to call it uh yeah i guess it's just uh for me it's just loving a show that i've loved for over 20 years and um being passionate about it so um i mean there was a time when i you know didn't have close to you know, 1200, 1200, uh, people following me on Twitter. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we all start somewhere, but, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. look at me, look at my Twitter page. You still got, <laughs> still got the, the basic Twitter egg icon and <laughs> I, I can't do graphics and you know, you're the graphic guy. So obviously you're going to do stuff for your own and. Oh yeah, but uh, I mean, even putting a picture up is is fine. So <laughs> yeah, I, well, I still have to figure out a color scheme for what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was definitely setting up a podcast, it's um, it, it it was definitely an adventure when when we did it. But um, you know, having a goal in mind and um, just committing to it. Uh, yeah, I, I may have a background in graphics, but um, it, it takes more than than just graphics to to make a good show. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, like especially with me, I'm kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. I I kind of have a background with audio editing because I do HG radio, and now I'm doing this right. one. I've messed around a little bit with songs and sound effects and stuff like that, but that's not enough because there's not a lot of people that will listen to a podcast with one person and right right. (laughs) and being me uh Mm -hmm. who doesn't really have like if i want to really have a good example uh ega devil Uh, okay do you know who ega devil is no no clue okay he's 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 part of the time with hga radio he's got his own website and he's got his own podcast called rider break oh all right and he does the podcast by himself Mm. now I think the reason why he has the fan base he does is because he's he's American, but he speaks Japanese. He lives in Japan, mm, mm-hmm. you know. So he he has he tends to have a lot more foothold in Japan. So oh, I see. Plus, he's a good personality. So that <laughs> also has that. To him. Yeah, I mean, uh, a one man podcast is certainly a very tricky thing to pull off. Um, I mean, I've seen people on YouTube try to do a one-man thing, and um, it's just really hard, I think, to keep the attention yeah. of some people when it's just one person. Uh, that's why when I started my podcast, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I had a couple of good friends um, to bounce 
you know, ideas off of. And also, when we're recording the show, we may have a general topic, but I never know what we're going to get at the end of the day because, I mean, it's... the best part. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's the best part because you never know what jokes might happen, what humor is there. So I think that aspect is really entertaining for a lot of people. So uh, one man podcast is tricky i mean it's it's certainly been done before and uh it's been done well before but it's also been done very badly before oh yeah so there's definitely a fine line to walk there for sure oh yeah because i mean like also one of the best parts is uh you can a bounce ideas off people and Mm -hmm. secondly yeah a and secondly that works the other thing is that um, someone else may have an idea that you don't, and then that can bring right. up a whole different conversation. Right, and that's that's the beauty of the fandom in general. We're all coming from different uh, places in our lives and uh, different perspectives. That it's it's really good to hear you know different people's opinions and to discuss it uh, on a podcast uh, and. And that's that's the great thing about podcasting is because if you have something that you're passionate about, you can talk about it for literally hours. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so the the way I look at podcasting is if if you're talking about something that you love with a, a couple of your friends that you really like, um, it's not work. It's something that you enjoy doing. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I kind of feel like Twitter and social media has kind of dulled that because mm-hmm. instead of say, <clears throat> I'm just going to use it as an example. We're not going to get in discussion about it because it could lead to a whole different set of circumstances. <laughs> the uh, the power slash rangers thing. Right. When that when that first came out, people started to talk about it. Instead of say people writing down their thoughts or whatever, and then people going right into podcasting everybody talks about it on twitter and give their thoughts on twitter and all the information ends up on twitter and facebook and all this other stuff and that's where you end up talking about it so by the time you get to recording the podcast people may already know your opinions exactly and i i think that's one of the reasons why i don't think we're going to talk about it uh, <laughs> at least on ranger command it's because uh, that blew up so quickly this week yeah. that you almost had to get your opinions out there. Um, and that's one of the reasons I post on my Facebook. I'm like, you know, to all my friends out there, I've already seen it. Like, don't... Otherwise, you'd get tagged in it like 20 different times. From, oh, yeah. From friends and, you know, casual friends who, who aren't ne- necessarily into Power Rangers, but they know you are. Yeah. And then you get... Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Eric Berry tagged. Have you seen this? And it's like, nope. I just I wanted to nip that all in the bud. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the same thing when uh, when the Rick Medina news came out. My right, dad, my right. dad, who knows nothing about Power Rangers, I'm just sitting up here doing something, and he calls up and he's like, "Hey, did you hear about that Power Ranger that might have killed someone?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yep, Dad, I've heard of it." <laughs> so it's just it's it's sort of. Um, the, the, as fast as social media is today, right? 
Um, that's why a lot of that's why a lot of people are, are saying that newspapers are dying, and it's like that's why because when something happens, we see it instantly. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know something happened in New York and you live in California, you're not good, and then you don't know about it until maybe a day or two later because right. it, it's going to take the news crews long enough to get the information or whatever. It's something happens in California, you hear about it a minute later. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> it's pretty insane. Um, yeah, it's it, with the speed of social media now, um, everything's instant. Um, opinions are immediate. Yeah. So even doing the podcast, sometimes I feel like I'm a little behind because um, you know we record and then we release it every other Saturday. Um, you know we're pretty tight on and strict on our schedule but you know we and with with the interview uh we just did we just did an interview with ron roger who played captain mitchell on lightspeed rescue oh i can't wait ap must have had a field day uh yeah i mean uh, she enjoyed it but (laughs) but now that that you know that's going to be our 35th episode now we're two we'll be two behind on our uh, talking about Dino Charge, so yeah. it's uh, it's definitely a balance trying to talk about what's relevant right now and um, kind of picking and choosing what you want. So for something like the the Rick Medina story, um, you know, we said something on our Twitter about it and retweeted a few things, but um, you know, out of respect of Rick Medina and, and the Stutter family, it's it's just something that we didn't want to talk about on the show. Oh, yeah, I, and, I get it. And, yeah, I mean, you know, other podcasts might have talked about it, but, um, you know, and that and that's another thing. Recording in the moment is tough, too, because, you know, when you record, like, the next day he might be released and, and he was released. So suddenly yeah. what you just, what you just uh, recorded is now completely invalid. So uh, there's, there's definitely a, uh, it's, it's tricky when talking about news and, and what's breaking and um, basically choosing your battles on what to talk about or not. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you can also, again, this is the land of the internet where your opinion right. means nothing to nobody else. And it can just start a fire and it just spreads <laughs> everywhere. And so that's another reason why I wouldn't want to cover that, because if you have an opinion that somebody doesn't agree with, they're going to set fire to your podcast and leave it in the dust. Well, well, well I'm not, that's not to say I'm afraid, I'm not afraid to get, uh, controversial. I, I mean, we talked about Dino Charge episode two in our last show, and um, you know, talking about uh, p- people's concerns about um, you know sexism and racism that might be happening in Dino Charge, and you know whether or not that's a real thing that's happening at this point. So uh, we're definitely not afraid to get controversial, but um, you know. We even did JDF Watch, which was a thing. That, uh, <laughs> That's the best uh, thing you guys ever came up with. Well, well thanks. Um, <laughs> but but after a point, it um, you know it, it got to the point where uh, 
you know, we made a decision about it on the show that, um, you know, it was it was definitely giving him uh, free promotion, even though we might nece- not necessarily want him to have that promotion. Yeah. So um, even though that was a great segment for our show, uh, you know, we dialed it back and then uh, eventually moved on to other things. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not afraid to get controversial. And um, frankly, I, I don't care if we lose listeners or not. Um you know, our the numbers right now that we have are growing, and um, I believe it. Yeah, and, and we've been consistently number one on our network since the first episode. So you know that that's something I'm pretty proud of, and um, so yeah, I mean, if we want to get controversial, we will, and um, but that's the the beauty of it. You know, AP might have a completely different opinion than i do and a different opinion than what zach does and i i think as long as we all respect each other's opinions uh you know i think that's something that makes for a better show because if if everyone's agreeing then there's not really much to talk about if that makes sense yeah no no i i definitely agree with that because you know again that comes back to the bouncing ideas off people because if Mm -hmm. you have an opinion and you state your opinion, and then someone else could be like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but what about this? And then you start bouncing that off each other, and then you may end up coming back to having the same opinions. You may mm-hmm. stay with your current opinions. You never know, but, I mean, that's why having multiple people is good. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, circling back to the, the one-man podcast thing, <laughs> yeah, that's it's definitely a challenge. It really yeah. is. Um, there is something I wanted to ask you about the sure. the racism thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought this up to Gary. I didn't think I thought of this myself, but I don't. I didn't see anybody else bring it up. Um, the fandom was really going about how it was racist against Coda because he was Asian and broken English. But, and I'm actually really happy about this. Mm-hmm. Nobody brought up the fact that. Kendall might have some sort of racist thing against Shelby because she's black, and that's why she's acting that way towards Shelby. Oh, no, I, I saw that discussion, too. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't just a classist thing. I, um, Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a little bit of that, too. So, mm, I, I, I don't know. It's... Um, my opinion is I don't think that uh, a writer like Chip Lynn would put something like that in intentionally. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, we talked about this on our show, but um, frankly, I think it's too early in Dino Charge um, to even think that this is a pattern. Uh, because there no pattern has been established yet, um, and then we saw in the third episode, uh, Kendall was was mad at everyone essentially. <laughs> you know, she was telling Chase to clean up the work area, and um, so she's definitely got an attitude. And um, AP brought something up on on our show. Well, I don't know if it was something we were talking about when we weren't recording, but. Um, 
No, actually, I was talking with her the, the other night, uh, so this wasn't on our podcast, but uh, she was saying that potentially um, uh, Kendall might be jealous of Shelby, that the pink Energem chose Shelby over Kendall. I, heard, I, I saw that discussion. Because if you think about it, why would the pink Energem be in a box in the back of their truck... If, hidden hidden exactly so i think personally uh what ap and i think is um they already were in possession of the pink energem it rejected shelby or i mean it rejected kendall for whatever reason um she knew that Shelby really wanted to go on this dig and probably knowing her personality would assume that she would jump on board anyway so i think kendall planted uh the pink energem for shelby to find so that that could be a thing i i don't know if i would agree with the planting of right. the energem because <clears throat> i mean i mean honestly if if she knew the energem was back there mm-hmm. i would have figured that she would have kept it more safe yeah kept more of an eye on it but yeah. still it still begs the question why was it even in the in a box in the back of their truck to begin with so yeah i guess yeah so but but that's the thing that's i think so great about dino charge right now is because it's written so well by chuck by chip lynn it's uh you know, Judd Lynn, Chip Lynn, whatever. I, I uh, always wondered why they... I I think he... Well, I mean, Chip is his nickname. Okay. And, um, but, I mean, he was going by Chip at Power Morphicon. So, I think that may, may be just like a, a writing thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. Personally, I don't uh, know. But, okay. um... But no, the great thing about Dino Charge right now is it's written and directed so well and acted so well. Um, but the fact that the writing is really good, who knows what surprises they have in store for us? Um, who knows what chip is planned out where we get these little Easter eggs? And who knows? The the pink energem in the back of the truck that might be explained in episode five. We don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that's why, um, dino charge right now is so polarizing for everyone because it's, it, we're finally excited again to talk about power Rangers. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we like, I, I brought this up to Gary, I think in the last segment where, it seems like we always get a good Power Ranger season when it's estimated to be the final season. <laughs> I mean, we got In Space, which mm -hmm. is one of the best seasons. And they went all out with it because they were assuming that was the last season. And same thing with, uh, Ar with, with RPM. RPM. When yeah. we got RPM, it was assumed it was going to be the last season. They went all out, and it was amazing. And yeah. then it goes back to Saban, and we go back to let's 
all grovel <laughs> on our knees and kiss the boots of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers type thing. And mm-hmm. so, but I mean, some of that was was Zach Orr, Jonathan Zach Orr, the previous executive producer. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that they brought back a veteran like Chip Lynn. I think it's what the series has been desperately needing for a while now. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's actually uh, so, get to the yeah. uh, the geek section of it. Okay. <laughs> 20 minutes in. <laughs> um, the reason I say, I mean, I brought this up to Eric uh, two nights ago, Tuesday night. Um, before it aired, but I really wanted to talk about Agent Carter because yes. when Agent Carter first was announced, everybody went nuts because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a character we saw in one of the movies. It's more continuity. Um, there's more we don't know about. We don't know what's going to happen with the character, what other characters we're going to meet, right? W- what nods we might get. And then the show continued and it just got better and better and better with, you know, Jarvis. We met Howard Stark again. The Howling Commandos were brought back. The Howling was, Commandos. Oh, That was wow. excellent. This, I mean. And then, it, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the finale of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of Agent Carter, but uh, Zola. Oh, I know. That was great. Yeah. When, I, when I saw him walking I, and I heard the German voice, I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> and then he walked out and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I really think Agent Carter, uh, this whole miniseries, really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. And, and, and all I have to say is, if we don't get a season two, it's a crime. because because, i mean like they left off on kind of a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. there's still a lot they can explore Dottie got away so there's that cliffhanger right um we still haven't seen the creation of shield yet yeah that's Um, true howard stark is still alive we don't know who tony's father tony's mother is Mm -hmm. um you know, I mean, you know, kind, yeah. of spoil, kind of spoils with Jarvis still being alive. You know, yeah, I, there, there's, there's a lot that they can still do, and they could take this in so many ways. It's like, you know, do they stay in the '40s, or do they go into the next decade, into the '50s? Like, are we going to see a progression of uh, Peggy Carter's life um, that we missed from, you know? Captain America one to number two, where you know we see her old and unfortunately has Alzheimer's in in, in her bed, and Steve is still visiting her. Yeah. Um, so there's there's so much history for that character, and the fact that she does create Shield or, or is is one of the major components in creating Shield. Yeah, because I mean, um, with Agents of Shield. We mm-hmm. saw that scene where uh, she took the little totem thing from Whitehall. So yeah. we know at some point she, cre- oh, obviously we know she makes shield, but then they they go looking for these type of alien artifacts. So we know it happens, but we don't know how she creates shield. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I really think they need to show that and to just be like, all right, Agent Carter's finished. There's all this stuff that could happen, but we're not going to do it because time and money and we don't think anybody would watch it, so we're just not going to do it. And I think that would just be totally absurd because you would get a lot of people mad. Right. Um, and I think what they did this season was smart because obviously uh, with you know currently how TV is, you always get this winter break. So to fill in the winter break of... Uh, agents of shield i thought that was a brilliant move and it gets people watching during the winter which not a lot of people do so um they could just keep doing that i mean as long as agents of shield is on um i wouldn't mind agent carter being that mid-season um filler until we get new episodes because um it wasn't like a long 20 episode regular season this was like boom 10 episodes here's the story go and i think that really helped to make agent carter a fantastic show it's because you've got this serialized story um which also kind of plays into the time period of the 1940s where oh yeah you would literally have serials that you know would be these uh ongoing storylines and um, and I love everything about that time period. I thought um, I thought Captain America was one of the better Marvel movies of Phase One. Oh yeah, I recently uh, acquired it. Let's go with that. <laughs> and uh, I watched it, and uh, I, I I haven't I've watched it before, mm-hmm. but I, when I rewatched it, it was just kind of surreal. Like after seeing all of Agent Carter and right. watching watching that, I'm like. There, there, there are kind of other things I kind of get, and then other things I don't. And then, again, seeing Agent Carter for when she was dealing with Chris and before, mm-hmm. before he died and all that stuff, and it was just, it was really surreal. Yeah, and I'm really glad that they, they never forgot the heart of that story in the first season of Agent Carter because. Um, you know, with Agent Carter, it's only been a couple of years since uh, since the war and since uh, Steve Rogers died, and that's still affecting her emotionally. And I thought that was really powerful in the series when she discovered that um, what Stark was protecting was uh, Captain America's blood. Yeah, um, I thought that was a, a really powerful story element, and it made for a good. Uh, moment in the finale when she basically did what anyone would do if if they had the ashes or, or something of their loved one that that passed and yeah I, I thought that was a great scene and it was a really nice touch for the show yeah and and it was weird because i was uh I, as i was watching it and she was holding it over the water and i'm like okay so she's just going to, no, she's opening it, and she's, okay, mm-hmm. she's dumping it in. Why would she do that? And then I thought, well, why would you just throw it in there? Because if she threw it in there, who knows, it could be worked out of her, and then they go find it, and then it's all intact, and so. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of me jokingly uh, tweeted <laughs> that night. I'm like, no, Peggy, what are you doing? Just drink the blood. Get the powers. I saw that. <laughs> But I mean, when when you look at it from you know her relationship with with Steve Rogers, um, 
Yeah. Um, that, that was something she did have respect and love. And, um, again, it was, it was just a really great moment to kind of bookend, uh, the first season. Yeah. Uh, so do you think if we get a season two, they will actually have, uh, Agent Carter and Sousa get together? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's, uh... Definitely, they've they've earned each other's respect through the events of the first season. Um, but I I don't know. Part of me wants her to still be this like kick ass independent woman, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm not I'm not much of a person to uh, go onto the whole shipping. Yeah. Thing. Well, like I I'm not either. Like I'll right. be honest, but like there's just certain situations where you know it seems like when like like I I don't like when people ship two characters and it just makes absolutely no sense at all. But then like in this certain case. There, there is it, a chemistry. Yeah, there's a chemistry. And it's kind of like, you know, like when Sousa, you know, in the finale asks her, asks Peggy if she wants to go out and have a drink, she says maybe some other time, but she also kind of gives him the look of like, yes, there will definitely be a next time <laughs> type situation. So it's like, I'm not just saying it because it's a man and a woman and they right. may have looked at each other once. <laughs> it's more of just, you know, they're both cap- very capable human beings. They have a lot of the same interests. And yeah. it's just, again, the chemistry they have. So that's the only reason why I would say it. Yeah, yeah, there's a chemistry there. Um, but, yeah, overall, they left a lot open. Um you know, for the future, whether it's in a season two or left to a future movie. And apparently I heard that um, uh, Haley Atwell, who plays uh, Peggy Carter, uh, there's actually going to be like a Peggy Carter moment in the next uh, Avengers movie. Age of Ultron, yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. It'll be be interesting to see if it's... uh... If it's a flashback or if it's uh I think it might be a flashback because uh at least from the trailers or you know, some of the things I've I've read, there may be a point in the movie where they all are kind of forced to reflect on, on their lives. So it may be it may be a flashbacky moment. Um but or it could be a moment like what they did in Agents of Shield um, where they just flash back to something that's relevant from the events that are going on in the episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, that, that was, speaking of flashbacks, <laughs> I remember watching the very first episode of Agent Carter, mm-hmm. and the very first thing we saw was Captain America and the ship going down. <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, right, we're going to watch this. Oh, oh, why, why are you Again. making this? Oh, come on, really? Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I love so much about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm glad it's something that spilled into TV. And, you know, it's something that we're going to get with the Netflix series. Like, um, yeah. Daredevil, yeah. which I am 
fully excited for, and that's going to be awesome. I'm. I don't know if it's because I haven't read that many comics mm-hmm. or the, the the first Daredevil movie, um, but I I don't know. I'm just I'm not like I'm not hyped for it. Mm. You know, I'm not hyped for the Daredevil show. I mean, I'll probably watch it and see what it's about. Well, let me ask but... you: Have you seen the Daredevil director's cut? Probably not. Yeah. See, the director's cut actually made the film better. Um, I know there were a lot of people who were like, man, I can't stand this. But uh, apparently there was stuff that was cut out that was meant to be in there when they were doing the theatrical cut. So John Favreau went back, recut it. They released it as a DVD director's cut. Um, so if you can, and I encourage anyone to do this, definitely give it a shot because... Um, the story's a bit more cohesive. There's a little more with the Kingpin. And overall, it makes the show, it makes the movie better. Alright, I'll have to go back and try to find it and watch it. And, um, yeah, and, that, and that's another thing. So many things are getting rebooted. Um, like, yeah. Spider-Man is getting rebooted for the second time. It's just... Third. or Well, third... Well. Yeah, third movie series, but I mean, the the first one from the Amazing Spider-Man that was like the the first reboot of the oh, okay. bringing back. Yeah, that's but true. but yeah, it's like it's been you know a little over a decade, and we've gone three or we're gonna be getting three different Spider-Man movie franchises, and yep. to me, it's a little ridiculous. Well, like. I'm from from what I can tell, um, I don't I don't know if it was because Andrew Garfield was just I don't think it was that he was difficult to work with. I was I just think um I, I'm guessing it was probably partly with so not Sony, with Marvel mm-hmm. how they said we wanna because they also because they also came out with the idea of him wanting to be in high school. Right. So if he's going to be in high school then you can't use Andrew Garfield's character. I mean, you could yeah. maybe bring Andrew Garfield back, but it'd have to be a lot of work because he just definitely does not look like a 16, 17-year-old. And, and you know what? I genuinely liked the this... Well, I, I loved the Tobey Maguire stuff. I thought he was a great Spider-Man. Yeah, the third film sucked, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that's, that's a thing. Every fandom has that one movie right. or series that is just... Just stay away from that one. And the first Amazing Spider-Man, the first movie with... Um, uh, Garfield. With Garfield. Um, I didn't like it as much because it's like, oh God, we're doing the origin story again. Do we again. need to see this again? But... I actually liked the second movie of his. I really loved that Spider-Man movie. I thought that was great. And it's disappointing to me that they're like, oh, you know what? We're scrapping that again. New (laughs) Spider-Man. I'm like, God, are we going to have to go through the same story again? Like, how many times do we have to see Spider-Man's origin? I think think we all get it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well... From from what I've seen, I don't know if it's true, but I'm pretty sure. Well, this is my own thinking too. Right. Th- that 
the reason they rebooted Spider-Man again with Andrew Garfield so soon was because they wanted to keep it. Sony wanted to keep it. Of so course. they said, we have to keep pumping out these things so Marvel doesn't come knocking at our door saying, give us back our property. So, And then what ended up happening? <laughs> well, I think, I think one of the big factors in mm-hmm. Sony going with Marvel was the the Sony hack. I don't yeah. I don't think it had like the overall impact, but I think it had a part impact on it. You know, like stuff gets out about how they may not be as planned as a lot of people mm-hmm. thought they were. Or just something like that, and they just said, "We're okay, fine. We'll we'll go with you." Well, and and that's another thing. Um, in terms of superhero movies, Marvel has their plan. Like they are, yep. I mean, God, they did that thing <coughs> over over the winter where it's like, "All right, here's all of our movies for the next five years. Have yeah. at it." And yep, I think. I mean, let's face it, Spider-Man is one of Marvel's biggest uh, characters. There's no doubt about that. Um, So not having him in this cinematic universe, I think, is is in a way hurting it from a fan perspective. It's like, but at one point, Spider-Man was on the Avengers in the comics. Like, why don't we get him in, in the Avengers movie? And... That's why I think maybe Marvel ponied up some money or said, look, uh, well, that's the thing. They did that collaboration together. Like Marvel and Sony struck out a deal that they're both involved in now, but I'm glad that he, that Spider-Man's finally being folded into this universe. Oh yeah. uh, Because he's such a integral character to, um, to the Marvel universe. And, um, that's that's how I feel about the X Men movies too. You know, like the X Men are so integral to Marvel, but um, Fox really has their hold on on that franchise. But I love the X Men franchise. That I don't mind being in its own universe apart from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's because X Men was the first hugely successful superhero movie um yeah, that's true when it came out and um i i like those characters i, I don't care what anyone says i think uh <laughs> hugh jackman is the one true wolverine I, for all I time agree with that. i can i can definitely agree with that <laughs> and for for him to like bounce for them to make a shitty movie because origins sucked like <laughs> Wolverine Origins sucked, but for them to still have faith in that character, and then you know we get the um, uh, the the latest Wolverine movie that came out, just the Wolverine, and that was like okay, he's back, and then when we had um, you know Days of Future Past, God, what a great X Men movie, just. <laughs> absolutely fantastic like i i ha- i i do have to say um x-men is to marvel as batman is to dc for me right batman over 
the past 20 years mm-hmm. has just been so saturated. I mean, you want to talk about origin stories. <laughs> I mean, Batman has had more origin <laughs> stories than any superhero ever. It's true. It's true. A- and then X-Men is... They haven't had as many origin stories, but at the same time, they've had so many movies. And, yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I feel like at one point, Fox did the same thing Sony did with the amazing, like, how Sony made Amazing Spider-Man because they figured, we have to start pumping stuff out or else Marvel's going to take this back from us. Fox did the same thing because they made the X-Men movies and then they're like, what are we going to do? We're kind of running at ideas and then someone's like, let's go back in time. And then they're like, yes, that's perfect. We'll go back to when they were kids when they first get their powers. And then they just went from there. And then they just like, these kids are going to grow up and then like, you know, 30 years from now they're going to make X-Men days of way past future past and they're going to be all grown up and it's going to be totally different wolverines and all this other stuff and but they i think they were smart about it too because um first class was it was definitely a gamble but it was so successful i loved the hell out of that movie and uh, what i think with days of future past and bringing brian singer back into it uh, was huge because with the whole time travel thing, they were able to basically fix their own continuity in the universe, which was brilliant. So it kind of wipes away the movies that everyone hates, you know, X3, uh, Origins, and it's like, look, this is what happened. And all the movies are still valid, and now they can almost, in a way, they, they rebooted their own franchise without sacrificing any of the characters, in a way, if that makes sense. No, I, I get it. They rebooted it without rebooting it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I kind of wish they did that with with Spider-Man. Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. It seems like the stars are aligning. Because now, yeah, they're going to reboot it again. But now it will be more in line with the Avengers and the Marvel, because it will be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So now there's that chance to integrate Spider-Man into this universe, um, you know, a lot more fluidly than just, you know, maybe trying to shoehorn Andrew Garfield uh, into it. And no offense to Andrew Garfield, I I thought... um, after this last movie, he was my favorite Spider-Man. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, there's even the uh, there's even the rumors of uh, it possibly being uh, instead of Peter Parker, it's going to be uh, Miles Morales, mm. which the, the I black know, Spider-Man. So. Yeah, which I know nothing about. Um, I, I don't either. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like some. Uh, oh, I'm going to go off on a tangent. I hate it. Um, I was. I recently saw that uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series that yes. with Spider-Man voiced by Drake Bell, which I highly recommend to anybody. Watch it; it's funny and it's great. I, I, uh, I agree with that. It is hilarious. It's quite it's funny. funny. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sick. I'm sick. People, deal with it. <laughs> um, I I saw something where they're doing this one called <clears throat> Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, web warriors mm. where <clears throat> yes in the comics yes yeah well they're doing it in the series too oh wow okay. the actual cartoon series 
Um, and they apparently he he meets other Spider Men. Like I just saw a clip of an episode that's going to be airing soon, <clears throat> where it looks like he gets sent to an alternate dimension <laughs> where all of the genders in the world are swapped. So there's a spider woman. Right. And then the goblin is a female. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from what I think. It was a short clip, and they really only showed that. But, you know, it was a team-up between, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man, his goblin, and then this alternate universe spider woman, and then her goblin. And then I, I've seen, like I said, and then, then, of course, there was the comics where it was, you know, the 19... What was it, 1990s? Yeah. The 1990s Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. And then, and then like, the, the, the Spider-Man from uh, from Super Friends, essentially. <laughs> like, the one from the 70s. Yeah, that yeah that one, yeah. And, and then the uh, the Toku version with... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. He even had Leopardon. Le- oh, Leopardon, so yeah. Good. So good. That's insane. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. But I mean... I, I, that's I'm sorry. That's I want to see that. I want to see, I want to see a Spider-Man movie where they do that, where they go to alternate dimensions like that, and they actually find Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I want to see that because you know Toy would be down for that. I think they. I think they'd be open to it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I may not know all about the Marvel comics. Um, uh, you know, I, I stopped reading comics regularly about 10 years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a casual fan. I still, you know, keep up on what's what. And, um, you know, there may be Easter eggs that I miss, but thankfully I have so many friends that are into this that they're like, oh, no, that was this. And I'm like, holy crap. And then, you know, <laughs> then you go on Wikipedia and then, like, look up all this stuff and you're like, oh, my God, that's such a huge Easter egg. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, like, I was, I was going to say something, you know. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it happens. Uh, um. Oh, I hate this. Dead air, dead air, dead air. Um, Thankfully, you can edit. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, the the Marvel Universe, I think, has been really succeeding. And at this point, DC is really just trying to catch up. Oh, I, I mean, they're They're in total scramble <clears throat> mode right now. I mean, Except I, I, their television side. Like Flash Arrow, amazing. Oh, yeah. We, we were talking before the recording, and <clears throat> I've seen... I, I saw, I think, halfway through season one of Arrow, and mm-hmm. then maybe halfway through season two of Arrow. Um, I only stopped with season one because that's pretty much what everybody says. Like, as long as you know the origin story of the character of Oliver, that you can kind of just, you know, proceed into season two without finishing season one. Um, I didn't finish season one just because I, I got the basic of, you know, I got the basic of the character, the family, all of that type of situation. So when I went to season two, I was like, yeah, okay, I understand everything. But then I just kind of... I, I told Eric, it just kind of dropped off because I think I picked up something else to watch and it just kind of, 
I eventually forgot about it and it got put to the back burner. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say it's a horrible show. Mm-hmm. I think it's going the the road of the DC movies in like it's got to be dark. Yeah. Like um, the only like the only reason why Arrow is green is because he's the Green Arrow. <laughs> I think if there was no green in his name, he'd probably be wearing all black. Yeah. Because it's DC. <laughs> But then you get a show like The Flash, and it's just, it's a fun show. It's like a really fun show. Now, do you have to watch Arrow in order to watch Flash? You like don't. But th- I mean, they do crossover characters sometimes, and and there are some mentions to events that happen in each other's shows. So, so you're you're saying it's it's kind of like Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, where exactly you don't you don't have to watch The Last Airbender to understand Korra, but watching The Last Airbender helps you kind of understand Korra a little better. Exactly, like for Arrow, um, a couple weeks ago when um, him and Sarah went to uh, Lian Yu. And, you know, they went to the prison to find Slade and, you know, they got stuck in there and she's like, well, is there anyone else in this place? And, you know, he makes a offhand comment. Oh, yeah, there's another inmate. Well, if you're watching The Flash, then, you know, that was Boomerang Man. And so it's it's little things like that where you get a bigger appreciation of the universe by watching both shows. Okay. Now, now, something, um, I something I, I will say DC lacks what Marvel has is that the continuity aspect, where Arrow and Flash universe may be one universe, but it's not DC cinematic universe universe. Right, and and to to me that's 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 huge. That it that's huge, but huge and bad at the same time because if you had arrow and flash from the show end up in the movie you would get the people already invested in these characters from the right. tv show to go watch this movie that, that has these characters and t- to me that's that's a huge loss because now when the movies come around these are going to be totally different characters that we're right. going to have to get to know and we may not even like those characters right and and that's the tricky thing because um you know when uh, another thing is, I think DC's a little more fractured because now you're going to have Supergirl on CBS, you've got yeah. Flash and Arrow on uh, CW, and now you've got Gotham, uh, you know, over here on Fox. So I think they're a little spread out. Whereas with Marvel, I mean, we can joke about the Disney connection all you want, but it's Disney. <laughs> it's yeah. it's ABC. It's Marvel Studios with the power of Disney now. And they have the resources. I'm not saying DC doesn't have the resources, but at least they have the foresight where it's like, boom, one channel, ABC is your entire thing for Marvel. We've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now we got Peggy Carter, uh, A- Agent Carter. And, and the movies, there's that. But they still, events in one happen with the other. Because when Winter Soldier came out, they were dealing with the repercussions of that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the next week. 
Yeah. So it was it was massive, and it was it picked up right where the movie left off, and I, I don't know. Marvel's doing it right. I yeah. do love I DC characters, though, but I I think I think you're right that DC is it's a huge missed opportunity because if if Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen, showed up in the Justice League movie. Holy crap. <laughs> like, holy crap. That would be huge. And and Grant Gustin showing up as The Flash? I, I think that would be amazing. But then when you hear that other actors have got this roles, you're like, okay, well, this is another DC universe that, that we're doing. And yep. in a way, they almost had to reboot Batman for the Batman versus Superman movie. Because yep. now it's... Uh, it's uh, what's his face? Ben Affleck and... Um, it's a it's a grittier, older version of the character, and so I, I just wish that they had found a point where okay, this is the property that we're rebooting our franchise with, and stick with that. Um, I, I love the Dark Knights, uh, Chris Nolan movies, but um, I don't know if if you know they come out with Arrow, then make Arrow the beginning of your new DC universe and. They start doing that with the Flash, but then now you find out the movies are going in a different direction, and it it's disappointing. Oh, it's it's. I mean, because like, oh yeah, because I mean, not only are you building an entire world that people are going to have to get into, you are also losing the possibility of money and advertising, right? Because because like I said, if you put Amel and the guy who plays Flash inside of the Justice League movies, then you're going to get the money from the show to the movies. And right. they're just not taking that opportunity. Yeah, and I think I think that'd be huge for them. Um, but, I don't know, it's, it's a missed opportunity. And um, while I do love characters in, in the DC Universe, uh, Batman's one of my favorite superheroes. Uh, I love the animated series growing up. Um, you know, Kevin Conroy will always be Batman and Bruce Wayne to me. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, sure. There's Michael Keen. He was the first one, uh, you know, Adam West, uh, classics, but, but to me growing up, it's, uh, it's Kevin Conroy. It's animated Batman. It's the animated justice league that it's that Bruce ah, Tim, yeah. It's that Bruce Tim universe uh, that I love so much, and um, yeah, it's just like the movies are are breaking it apart too much. Yeah, because I'm like, if you could go back to the the early '90s, right? Everything superhero was DC because, like I said, you had the Batman mm-hmm. animated series, and then they went straight into excuse me. Oh. Ah, they went straight into the Justice League uh, television cartoon series, and then Teen and then, Titans, and then well, don't forget Justice League Unlimited, Unlimited, yeah, cartoon series. And then, like you said, like the Teen Titans, all superhero based stuff was DC. Yep, and then the Spider Man movie, Spider no, well, you said it was X X Men. X Men really started off the the movie franchise for, for Marvel. Yeah, because I know X-Men had a cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the 90s, uh, the X-Men animated series. 
and Spider-Man animated series, which were fantastic. Those were on Fox. Um, uh, were those like? Because, like I said, I when I grew up, I was a jock. I had like <laughs> nothing to do with mm-hmm. geeky comic books and stuff like that. So, was was one more popular than the other? I mean, like, was X Men and Spider Man more popular than, like, say, the Justice League or Teen Titans? Oh God, I, I that's something I really wasn't paying attention to back in the day, but. Um, I mean, Fox Kids was huge back then. That's that's where. Oh yeah, that's where Power Rangers. That's where Power Rangers was, and um, and that's why I really liked the X Men cartoon, um, Spider Man animated series. It's because it was like, boom! Here's all my shows that I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. But then you know they had Kids WB back in the day, and that's where that's where the Batman animated series was, and. Um, well, it was on. Was that a Fox thing? Animated. I I want to say it was Kids WB. I I think they moved to Kids WB at one point. But yeah, you had you had the Batman animated series. Then they did the Superman animated series, which yeah. was also fantastic. And then when they moved to uh, Cartoon Network and did the Justice <laughs> League, that was that was huge at the time. But uh, yeah, I think DC. I think DC has always been successful at their TV shows. It's just, aside from the Nolan trilogy for Batman, uh, the movies have always been hit or miss. Uh, A lot of people hated um, Superman Returns. And and what do we get? We get a reboot of Superman a, a few years later. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, the only... I think the only bad thing i think i heard about the the latest superman movie mm-hmm. was the destruction like how just like yeah it tallied up and it was like like billions of dollars in destruction that they just like fought to ki- you know destroy the entire city and i i <laughs> i don't know i was like i don't know if i want to watch this movie i mean it doesn't sound like he's more of a hero it just sounds like someone pissed him off so he just said <laughs> i'm just gonna go kill him now uh, yeah, like th- there were a lot of parts I liked about that movie. I liked that they um, they acknowledged his origins, but they didn't make it the whole movie. Yeah, you know, and I loved uh, the the Z- I love Zod. I loved his whole um, team that Zod had with him. They were all badass. Um, there were there was a lot that I liked about that movie, um, but yeah, when it came, well, the the fight scene that was ridiculous. Like we find, <laughs> I I do feel that was a great showcase of like trying to make superhero powers what that would really look like with them just like disappearing and reappearing. It's because they're moving so fast, and that's what you would actually see if you were. Yeah, you know, living at, at that time, but um, but I I did think the destruction of Metropolis was a bit over the top, and I think it was irresponsible of uh, of Spider Man to uh, to escalate a fight in a, in a populated center like that. I think the Superman of the animated series would not do that. 
and and again, it's a it's a grittier, darker yeah. take on these characters. I I, I think that's why <clears throat> DC tends to not have the audience that Marvel does mm-hmm. because, <clears throat> damn it, Marvel is going the direction of it's pushed towards not just kids, not just adults. It's sort of like Dino Charge. I'm, I, it's, people are <laughs> going to probably not like me like comparing the two, but we've reached the point where in Power Rangers, it got so bad. The acting was bad. The planning was bad. The plot was bad. Everything about it was, and it was just they needed to get something and somehow the kids enjoyed it but the fans who have been there for years don't like it because of what they did with the show i feel like that's what marvel is right now because it's marvel coming out with huge movies i mean you've got people who are our age grew up watching you know Batman animated series yeah. watching Superman watching Spider-Man all of these mo- all these cartoon series and now we're getting live action movies big budget live action movies of these heroes we grew up with mm-hmm. and that's who they're catering to but at the same time it's also helping to introduce the heroes to younger generations so it's kids can watch these movies it may right. be it might be a little powerful for them but they can still watch it whereas dc is going the route of we're not going to pander to the kids this is adults this is going to be adult oriented we're going to be dark we're going to be gritty there's going to be blood there's going to be death there's going to be all of this stuff right and that's what they do and i feel that's one of their drawbacks is that they're not trying to make it somewhat family friendly and you're going to have a lot of people who aren't going to watch it because it's like you just took like dark and gritty and put the the mixer all the way up on it yeah and that's what i appreciate about the marvel cinematic universe um there are serious stories but there's always this undertone of like light-hearted humor and just fun action um, that families can get into. Um, But I did think Winter Soldier, um, while it still had light moments, um, it was different from the other Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movies in the fact that it felt like a political thriller. Like... Yeah. Um... And and I really loved that. I really enjoyed uh, that movie. But again, it's still doing something different in that universe. And I really hope DC takes a page from Marvel's book when it comes to these movies and tries something different, but at least keeps the tone. Because um, Arrow and Flash, uh, they they still have. I feel that they're more Marvel in their tone. I feel that they're more in line with the Marvel Cinematic Universe than DC's dark movies. Like, I think both of those TV shows, even though they're DC, 
they're approaching or they're like that that Marvel feel that we're getting from these movies. And I wish DC would would open those up more, if that makes sense, to that kind of tone. No, um, no, I, I, uh, I, I mean, Nolan's Batman trilogy, it's, it's amazing. Uh, all around, it's great. But they can't keep that same intensity for every movie. And they tried that intensity uh, towards the end with Superman and, you know, him killing someone and that being a huge thing. Like, I, I don't know. I think they're being dark for dark's sake. And whereas Marvel, you can get a little dark, but you're always going to have uh, Tony Stark cracking a joke at the wrong time. Yep. And it, it brings people back. Um, yeah, so that's... I mean, like, <clears throat> you want a perfect example of the Marvel Universe even evening out the the humor and the 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 dark kind of dark storyline in the end of Iron Man three when it's presumed Pepper has died, mm -hmm. and then like it looks like Tony's gonna die because he doesn't have armor and he's got nothing to defend himself with. And uh, I don't remember the guy's name. The guy from uh, the guy from AIM. Um, he comes out of the fire because you thought he was dead, <laughs> and he comes over and he's gonna try and kill Tony. Well, out of nowhere, um, a pipe swings in, nails the guy in the head. To look over and you see Pepper standing there. Right. And, and and then like this is a serious situation. Like you just had two people come back from the dead, essentially. Exactly. And Tony's sitting on his ass, and all of a sudden <laughs> the camera pans over to him, and he's just like, "I got nothing." <laughs> and it, and it's just the perfect situation. It's, it's something it's Tony would do. Yeah. And then and then just to add on to it, um, the suits start coming in because he told Tony told the suits to look for the extremists in the right. system. And because Pepper has it now, the suits start coming in to try and take out, you know, Pepper. Right. And she jumps up, jams her hand through the suit, takes the arm out, kicks like a some sort of like CO2 canister at the dude, and then blasts it, exploding him into pieces. She turns <laughs> around to look at Tony and goes, wow, that was really dangerous. So, I mean, it's just like... This is a situation where you just had two people come back supposedly from the dead and you turned it from a super serious moment into kind of a high action moment with humor. Yeah. I mean, if if that was done with DC, it would have been like Tony on his ass and then someone then like, you know, the extremist guy like, you know, punching him in the face, leaving a scar mark or something, and then just, like, Pepper comes out from behind him and, you know, jabs the pole into the back of his head and it comes out <laughs> the front. That's what DC Universe would do because it's got to be dark, you know, there's no humor to it. You know, and then there'd be emotional exposition about how she saved herself. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, that that's... DC is all about the dark and gritty and the exposition. That's what it's about. There's no human emotions and all that type of stuff. So, at least from what I've taken away from it. But. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. I, I think the Marvel movies, 
um, and especially the writing. Uh, they have uh, heart and and humor that just are not in in the DC. It's just not. It's not there. And, and to be honest, it's because they haven't had a Flash movie yet. Like, if you think about it, if you go back to all of the Justice League stuff, mm-hmm. the, the humorous person of the group was always the Flash. Yeah. He always cracked jokes, no matter what it was. He always had that saying that made everybody groan, because <laughs> that's what his character was. And because you haven't had that, you've had the... The brooding dark night, along with the I misunderstood Superman. So it's it's obvious why they haven't had any humorous because you've had the two least humorous characters ever <laughs> to be in movies. Exactly, exactly, and um, I mean, God, even in the um, even in the Justice League uh, cartoon, they were always ripping on Batman because he had no sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, I mean, I mean, sure, Superman would crack on him too. I mean, I will admit yeah. he did have somewhat of a personality and some humor in the, the Justice League, but again, you know, again, they made him dark and gritty <laughs> with no humor. So, it's something I actually forgot about um, before we had the DC with Arrow and Flash. We had the New Adventures of Superman, uh, Lois and Clark. Oh God! With oh Pete God! Kane yeah. and Terry Hatcher. <laughs> so I mean. You want to talk about some, you know, early kind of... And it was popular, too. And you know oh. why it was popular. Because you had all the soccer moms drooling over the <laughs> game. Well, and uh, Terry Hatcher didn't hurt things, either. <laughs> I will agree to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I remember watching that back in the day. But, um, you know, I also remember watching it, you know, kind of recently. And going... Oh my god, this is campy <laughs> as hell. Like what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean like it was definitely an early incarnation of what a superhero television show could be. Well, and I and he, I really think it had from what I remember it had a good balance of right. Like Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah, like, it, it it was it was more um it was definitely more more Clark Kent. Than, than Superman, obviously because of the, you know, the constraints of a budget and all that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and then um, DC's, one of DC's most successful shows was Smallville. That I went on for 10 too. years. 10 years, really? Yeah, so th- that that's what I really don't get. And that was also on, like, the WBCW. Yeah. Um, it's like that that's why I don't get like if you have something that's that long lasting and they started to, towards the end they started to introduce these characters they um Oliver Queen was a recurring character for like the last 3 seasons of the show um granted it was a different actor um they introduced the Flash in Smallville they introduced this and that but again it's it's, it's another it's cyborg too Exactly and that's the thing though it's um that's still they made it its own universe when they did Arrow and Flash. They made it a point when they were first coming out that th- this isn't from Smallville. This is a new, different take. Yeah. And, and again, they had the best opportunity ever to like pull together these universes. Like, <clears throat> Yes, you could have said something like, well, the original guy we had for the Green Arrow and the Flash, we, you know, we didn't want to use those characters. We wanted to like kind of 
you know, maybe use the same characters but different actors and continue this universe. And then you could have had, I mean, you could have had you know, Smallville go into Arrow, which could go into The Flash, which then you could make a movie where maybe then you could introduce other characters in the Justice League, you know, bring in Batman and all of that stuff. I'm mean, like, right. just think how, how great the show would have been if they didn't go with the already, like, 35 to 40 year old characters and stick with the maybe like 20 to 25 year old characters you could have built those characters up and then when you for, for a said, decade yeah yeah then you could have said we're having a movie and then the world goes nuts yeah um uh, yeah i i, I think <laughs> i think dc has had a lot of a lot of missteps um at least in the fans eyes um so I mean, yeah. I mean, history's done. There's, there's not a lot we can change. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, because I, I also remembered there was also that pilot for the Wonder Woman show that went that NBC wanted. Yeah, there was that. Um, so I mean, at one at one point there was a Aquaman uh, pilot. Really? Yeah, yeah, there was, and um, God, I think. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Oh yeah, uh, Lou Lou Diamond Phillips was was in it. Uh, he was like the military guy of the show. Um, oh okay. Yeah there there was um yeah the the that was a thing that happened was was an Aquaman pilot and they they never broadcast it. I think um it was only released online. But yeah, and but the thing with that was was. I think they were using the guy from Smallville uh, for that. So I I don't know why they didn't pursue that. And right, because Aquaman was in Smallville. Yeah, he was introduced there first. I forgot. It. See, see, this is what I mean. They built up this entire universe based around these characters, and instead of continuing that, they scrapped it, started something completely new, and then wondered why the fans went why. Exactly, and <laughs> meanwhile, uh, during those years, Marvel took the reins and and ran with it. Yep, uh, I think I think it all started. Um, I mean, like if we're talking like all of Marvel, even if it's not just Marvel owned, like Fox and Sony right. and all that. You know, like you said, it started with X Men. Um, I think later we went to you know Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know how. Like, I don't think we had, I don't think we had anything other than X Men and Spider Man until Iron Man, right? <laughs> uh, pretty much for the most part, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, and then well, we, and Iron Man, and then Iron Man two hit, and that's when they really started going with the quote unquote Phase one. Yeah, and don't forget, we also had those uh, random uh, Fantastic Four movies, and now that's being rebooted. Yeah. So, I think again, this is a situation of Fox just trying to keep it. Exactly, because nobody wanted nobody wanted a Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> as far as I know, nobody wanted a Fantastic Four movie. The first one sucked, so they're just like, "Why do we want this again?" You know. And then there was the fan outcry of having um, the Invisible Girl's brother being black, and how she was adopted by a black family. Right. And the fan, again, the fandom went nuts because you know changing race and i'm like 
Yeah, you can change race, but don't change race just for the just for the for uh, the sake of changing race, right. you know. You know, it's like that's what a lot of people were going nuts over with Spider-Man. It's like you can't make him black. He's not black. Technically, he is black because there's a comic there's a comic series based around a black Spider-Man. Yeah. So if they made a black Spider-Man for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it makes sense. Turning especially when the Marvel Cinematic Universe pulls a lot more from their Ultimate series anyway. Yeah, and it's like, there's a difference between that and just making, um, what the heck's his name? The the fire guy from Fantastic Four. Uh, Human Torch. Human Torch, yeah. It's like, it's like there's a difference between making Spider-Man black for the movies and then making Human Torch black. It's like, do you know if he was ever black in the comics? Uh, as far as I'm aware, no. Yeah, so it's just sort of like, see, now, now, now you're just like pulling the race card for the hell of it. That's like, we're coming out with a new Superman movie, but he's black. <laughs> like, why is he black? There's there's, there's no point. You're just doing it to be like, we're edgy. It, but it, that's the thing. We, do, we don't know the story yet. There may be a great story reason for that. And the character might be so great that we don't even care. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, essentially we're at the point where we're judging a book by its cover. and Yeah, so... Yeah, wow, that's a that's a pretty big rant of Marvel versus DC. If you want it, there it is. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's there there is a lot to bring up because now that they're both entering, you know, huge blockbuster movies, there's mm-hmm. going to be comparisons. I mean, there have been comparisons for years as far as just comic for versus comic. Exactly. You know, but now that we're getting, you know, I mean, it's essentially like video games. You know, when when Marvel started doing big blockbuster movies, you know, everybody saw Iron Man 2, Avengers, and then everybody looked at DC and be like, so what are you going to do now? <laughs> and, it, it, and it was the same thing in video games. When Bethesda came out with the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, mm-hmm. everybody looked at everybody else and said, what do you got? Exactly. Because it was huge. It was groundbreaking. And... I mean, like, I'm a Dragon Age fan, so when they announced Dragon Age Inquisition... Oh, me too. When when they announced Dragon Age Inquisition, everybody's like, this has got to be huge, because Skyrim was beyond the bar, but when they came out with all the information for Inquisition, and they came out with the trailers and stuff, everybody's like, yes, you have met the expectations, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's... You know, DC has got to kind of up their game, and that's why the uh, the, right now the, the public eye really is not on Marvel. It's on DC to be like, can you compete with Marvel? Because if you can't compete with Marvel, then you're going to be left in the dust and nobody's going to want to see your stuff. But in the end, I'm sure people will tune in anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, if we've, if we've learned anything from the Power Rangers fandom, it doesn't matter how bad something is, you'll still enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely go to all of these movies and, and watch them and make my own judgment, so... Yeah. Needless, needless to say, the next five years is going to be filled with a lot of superhero stuff. It will, uh, which will be a lot of talk at the Academy Awards, apparently. <laughs> oh, I know. I hope so. I hope. I hope we have like a blockbuster movie that has like best, you know, best movie. Mm-hmm. Just a nomination. If we get a superhero movie with a nomination for best movie, 
I'm uh, I'm good. You know, if it wins, even better. But I mean, I just feel like people downplay superhero movies because it's you know it's people running around in capes and <laughs> all this other stuff and yeah. But um, uh, actually, um, mm-hmm. one of the things I one of the things I wanted to talk about now would be going for an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to go this long. I'm glad it did, but I wasn't expecting it right. to go this long. Um. Do you know of the Dragon Age Keep? I, I do, yes. Did you know there's a mini game? I did not. It's called The Last Court. Oh. Um, you have to have an Origins account. I do. So, um, if you go... I'm going to link it to you. It's actually pretty interesting. You play a char- You have two choices as a character... You play. I mean, there's a, there's a basic rundown on the main thing. Um, it's essentially sort of like a Facebook game, but not a Facebook game because you don't need friends and all that type of stuff. But you have 20 actions, and trust me, the actions spread out. So 20 is actually quite a lot. And you play a, a Seralt. This is Seralt, the farthest edge of Orlay, mm. where the glass comes from. Your inheritance, your domain, your duty. Essentially, you are the last, I don't know, you know what you call it, king, sort of, right. of this place, Seralt. Your family has been, um, like, shamed in the past. They actually call it shame with a capital S. So it's like, the, the, you know, this person was the shame. And you have to somehow bring back this place in Orlais called Seralt back to its original glory. Interesting. And you get this card deck, you get a card which then gives you three objectives. You do the objective. It's kind of like a create your own story. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's in the like Dragon Age world. It's, it's really fun and you can spend hours. Um, I was actually having trouble with it because... I couldn't. I like logged in the first day and I started playing. Everything was great, and I went to log in the next day and I couldn't because it kept giving me an error. And oh, it, okay. It it turned out a lot of people had this error, but I was the first one to bring it up. Mm. So I felt I felt kind of cool there because I was the first <laughs> one to bring up this thing, and they had. I was talking with bio, like you know, the people in charge, not in charge of Bioware, but they were Bioware employees. Oh wow! And they were doing all this troubleshooting. They asked us for help. And eventually it works. So I, I kind of feel proud that I'm the one who brought this to their attention and I'm the one that helped them fix it. So, <laughs> Oh, good job. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out if, if they have everything fixed out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, like, like I have a friend, the one my, my friend who showed me, she didn't have problems with it. It wasn't like an all-around problem. It was just certain people. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I could have given you the link a couple days ago because they only just fixed it last night, kind of. And so I could have given this to you a couple of days ago, and you may have been able to get into it. Whereas I couldn't because it was a problem with me, and some other people had the problem. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely um, I would definitely suggest it if you like Dragon Age. It's not it's not like crazy into the world of Dragon Age, but it's definitely a look at Orlay we haven't seen. Because since they haven't really done much with Orlay until you kind of get to Inquisition, and even then it's a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm so glad that they showed it in in uh, Inquisition. I thought that was a nice touch. 
Oh yeah, like um, what I like is that it encompasses them all. I wish they would kind of encompass it a little more, mm-hmm. like going back to more places. Like from what I can tell, you don't go back to Kirkwall at all. Um, you can kind of send people there, but you don't actually go yourself. Right, right. And um, I, I kind of wish they would do that. And then um, my friend who showed me this, um, let's say, since I, I don't have a job right now and I'm looking, right. um, my friend who showed me the last court has Inquisition. Mm. And because I have Origins and Dragon Age 2 on Origin, the actual, you know, steam type thing yeah um i was playing and i kind of brought up the idea to her not expecting her to go with it but she eventually did was that she streamed her playing inquisition but i was making the choices as if i was playing oh okay so so i'm kind of seeing it as because she's already played it once and now i'm kind of going with her and i'm making decisions and all of that type of stuff and so I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing the game as if it was playing. And there was there was one thing I didn't like was that you go back to Redcliffe. Right. But it's not it's not Redcliffe <laughs> to me because it's not the same It's not the it's same not castle, the same it's not the same village, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, like, there's a lot of continuity from... Because uh, I don't want to really spoil things because it's a current game and you never know. Right. But, like, there's a lot of, like, characters you meet that I wasn't expecting. Um, particularly one who Varric shows you and that was kind of out of the blue. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I do wish there were other ones that showed up. Like, it's kind of non... It's kind of spoilerish, but, like, Talus. You don't see Talus. Right, right. Um, you don't see Sebastian from Dragon Age 2. Even though you get, like, a letter from him or whatever, which I thought was kind of a cop-out. Yeah, it was like, you really couldn't have figured something out? I mean, like, you know, you, you get all these other characters to come back, and you couldn't just get them to come back, do some, you know, uh, voiceover work or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. but uh, Overall, it was, it was a great one. It was, oh it yeah, was a it's, good it's, game. it def- it definitely looks like a really good game, and and watching her play really made me want to play because like <laughs> I was still playing Origins at the time. Oh, I see. And I was like, I need to finish Origins because I want to play Dragon Age two because I like. <laughs> we were <laughs> talking, and one of the best parts about playing the game is the mage. Yes. Hearing, hearing like the whips. Yeah. Of of the 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 magic going. Mm-hmm. And when I first started playing uh Dragon Age 2, I was like, "Wow, the same sounds are in this one." And that kind of made me feel like, "All right, I can't play Inquisition, but I can still kind of get the effects of playing Inquisition. <laughs> so I'm good, you know." So, you know, Dra- Dragon Age is definitely one of the best like series of games i think absolutely still around yeah it's a really good series um have you played mass effect oh of course it, it... <laughs> well yeah trekkie space you know yeah <laughs> no uh mass effect is uh pretty much one of my uh top favorite gaming franchises yes. of all time like I want to ask you this question because when I ask my friend, she says she likes Mass Effect more than Dragon Age. Would you agree? 
in my experience, yeah, I love the Mass Effect universe. What turned me off about Dragon Age was the second game. I got burned on that game. It's a horrible mess. <laughs> the, <laughs> the story's all right. The characters are really good. But uh, what really burned me was just reusing those same dungeons and locations over and over and over again. So yeah. I, I got really burnt out on um, on Dragon Age 2, especially when uh, a glitch in the game pretty much locked me out of the one achievement I haven't got in that game. And they patched it, but I'm like, I'm not playing that game again just to get one achievement. <laughs> uh, whereas Inquisition, I feel that it righted all of the wrongs of the, of the of number two, but took all of the great things that were in Origins and Dragon Age uh, 2 and brought them together and made it better in Inquisition. Whereas, for me, the Mass Effect franchise was always good, and it just kept getting better. Like, the second game's better than the first, and the third's better than the second. And, yeah, there was a flub-up with the ending of the third, but... They took their time and their criticism and they came out with DLC and they tried to fix it as best they could. But yeah. that series, um, I think, will always be my favorite trilogy of games. Um, I'm a huge Halo guy, but uh, nothing to me in gaming beats the story of, of Mass Effect. Like, um, it was just after, it was just around Christmas time when they were starting to do, like, not really, kind of like Black Friday deals, but it was around right. Christmas. And um, I received a $50 gift card to Best Buy from my sister. And I went I went there with the sole purpose of getting EA cash. Yes. So I, you know, when I got there, I asked guy at the door, and I'm like, can I, can I do this? And he's like, yeah, you can do that. It's perfectly fine. So I'm like, all right. So I, I went, I got the card, student line, got home. I bought the Mass Effect trilogy, nice Origins Ultimate, and Dragon Age Two, <laughs> all for like forty five dollars. It's a good deal. That's a really oh, yeah. good deal. I mean, like the the trilogy on the Mass Effect trilogy on Origins, I think was like twenty dollars, twenty to thirty dollars, something like that. Yeah, and then the other two games was like twenty dollars because it was like half off. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't really beat that i mean i i bought five games for like forty dollars that's it's that's not a bad deal at all <laughs> so you know so i so i played through mass effect mm -hmm. because my my friend who i keep talking about she she told me that you know it's like if you don't play mass effect then we're not friends anymore so i'm like <laughs> okay so i started playing mass effect and i made it like part of the way through and i was like you know, it got it kind of got monotonous. You know, it got uh, the, boring. The, the the first game had that a little bit with with all the exploring. Uh, but, yeah, but man, number two and three—that's that's some great gameplay. Well, yeah, because like I, I kept complaining to her. I'm like, I really—it's becoming a chore just because all the like I said, like all the exploring, and I gotta find this, I gotta find that, and she's like, just power through to the ending. Yeah. Don't worry about playing the rest of it. Just get through the main storyline and then go on to the next one. So I was like, all right. So I did. And I haven't picked up Mass Effect 2 yet. 
I've downloaded it. I just oh man, you yet. gotta yeah get on that. You gotta yeah play. <laughs> Great. Now I now I have two people telling me to. I'm telling you, Ma- Mass Effect Two is where it just it, it blew up. It's it's really the Empire Strikes Back of that of that franchise. Nah. So. Um, because like one of my biggest complaints about the the original Mass Effect was the Mako. Yeah. And I and I'm like. So I have to spend most of my time in this vehicle that bounces. I can't control and is just annoying as hell. Great. <laughs> and and I told I told my friend that and she's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. Trust me. That's it's like the biggest bane of the Mass Effect universe and they make fun of it in the second one." So Oh yeah, they they, they troll that pretty hardcore, so yeah. Yeah, so that is good to know that you know I, one of my main problems is essentially the entire, you know, Mass Effect fandom's problem too. So Yep. That's good to know. <laughs> um, that's really all I had. Yeah, about. I'm. Um, I got. I got to wrap this up pretty soon. So. Yeah, you probably you've probably had a long day too. <laughs> yeah, I have. That's true. Work, work plus the interview and. Oh yeah. And now this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, th- this has been great. It's it's been fun talking to you. Yeah, I'll admit I wasn't expecting it to go an hour and a half. Yeah, neither was I. This is pretty good. Yeah, well, it's just because I tend not to have, like I said, I tend not to have much to talk about in this area because right. I can't, you know, I can't go see movies because I don't have a job. I I can't buy comics because I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like I don't have money. I can't do stuff that other people do. I mean, like you're going, you're going to LexCon. You're going to Morphicon. Yeah. You're going to all these different conventions. You know, you get to buy the toys, and you know, and I can't do that. So. Well, li- live vicariously through me. <laughs> uh, I live vicariously through you from the Ranger Command Power Hour and through Talking Toku. So that's well. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess we'll we'll all right. we'll wrap things up here. Uh, Eric, where can we find you and the stuff you do? Uh, pretty much, I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff as uh, Trekkie B four seven. Uh, if you like Star Trek, you can hear the podcast that I'm on, that I co-host there, uh, the Starfleet Escape podcast at uh, sfescapepod.com. It's also part of the Four-Eyed Radio Network at foureyedradio.com. And, of course, uh, my Power Rangers podcast, the Ranger Command Power Hour, uh, which you can find us on Twitter at rangercommandph and at rangercommand.com. All right. Um, if you somehow found this podcast without knowing where you got it from, we're on the Geek Tokupod at Twitter. Um, I I, ha- I post this stuff on SoundCloud for now. Uh, I may have to talk to you sometime in the future sure. to maybe figure out how to get stuff on iTunes, but that'll be for another day. Okay. Um, so I guess for now, I am Jonathan Funo Kamioka. <laughs> and and I'm Eric Berry. Woo! <laughs> and this has been the Geekishly Toku Podcast, episode one. I will see you next time. See ya. See ya.